Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do. Or if you are a homeschool mama unsure that the way you're showing up in your homeschool isn't the way you want to be showing up in your homeschool, then this is the podcast for you. I'm here to encourage you in your homeschool journey to help you strategize ways to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. So welcome, homeschool mama. Hey you. Have you ever wondered if you're the only one that finds the post-Christmas, post-holiday season kind of dull? It's an introduction to the winter season, The season of this routine is getting boring, or this curriculum just isn't working, or nobody wants to do the same old, same old, and that includes homeschool mom. Especially after the Christmas holidays hubbub, so much fun, so much activity, and then we're introduced to the slump month, known as the slump month, January, February, when everything starts to get boring. We're going to address the challenge around the transition into the winter season post-Christmas holidays. Every year, for many years, I experienced this dull, this lull, this boredom, this slump, these doldrums, what do you call it? I learned that I wasn't the only one. In fact, it has a name for it. Different people call it different things. I've called it slump month. It helps to shift gears after the Christmas season. It helps to do a few things that I'm going to be sharing about today. But I was so relieved when I found out that I was not the only one. Today we're going to talk about all things homeschool hygge. Because homeschool hygge, when it's embraced, is the element that helps to stave off that slump, that dullness, that lull, those doldrums, that boredom of the post-Christmas and holiday season. But first, you're invited to this week's intensive on boundaries. Boundaries, such a popular discussion for a reason. Creating boundaries around our time, maybe a little quiet time, maybe time away altogether. Creating boundaries around disrespectful behavior, around our need for separate toilet time, maybe even a temporarily clean home. Boundaries around our organization, certain relationships. When we have boundaries, we prevent sapping of energy that we really need in our homeschools. Boundaries help us get our needs met. They help other people get their needs met too. They affect how eager we are to engage our kids. They influence how satisfied we are in our homeschool days. They're necessary for our kids as much as they are for us. And as we know, everything starts with us. We're teaching our kids what to expect in relationship, how to engage respectfully, and how to get their needs met too. 
and we increase our satisfaction in our homeschool days. If you're interested in a discussion on boundaries and how to build and sustain boundaries in your homeschool, you can message me to find out more. Recently, I heard from Jane. She shared when you asked about my story around boundaries, my gut reaction was, I'm a sieve. I don't have boundaries. I just let my energy leak all over the place. I think this is a sign I need to learn about what boundaries are. Been there, done that, and I know that story too. So if you're interested in a discussion on boundaries, message me. And today's episode is sponsored by Mercentials. Do you remember the podcast interview I had with Kristen Mercer on the four ways that essential oils contribute to a healthy homeschool? Kristen said we're the gatekeepers of our home, protecting what comes into our home, whether videos, internet access, food, or products that we allow into our home. It's our choice. Kristen fell in love with Young Living essential oils when she saw how much they helped her and her kids find victories in long-time health struggles. She's now passionate about helping others take steps in their own journeys to wellness, and I was so pleased to receive a package from her today, which I'll be opening this morning on Instagram and sharing what she sent me. I'm really looking forward to sampling and playing around with essential oils. It's something that I definitely was a skeptic around for a long time, and I'm super curious about the effectiveness of it, and I will definitely share with you my honest opinion, my honest experience about essential oils and their benefit in my own homeschool. She shares in the podcast interview that we did that you can use peppermint for the beginning of your homeschool days as energizers for the kids. You can either put it on the crown of their head and it'll actually help engage them more or get them more present with their day. And also she puts essential oils, a peppermint essential oil, in the diffuser before breakfast and the kids know that it's time to come down for studies. I thought that was so cool. Cue people with their sense of smell. If you're interested in learning more, you can check out Kristen's website at www.mercentials.com. That is Kristen Mercer's last name, M-E-R-C-E-R, with essentials, Mercentials. So what's been happening in your homeschool? I'd love to hear about your real homeschool life. You can share your thoughts about the podcast episode or just share with me what you've been doing. You can message me or you can share your message directly on the SpeakPipe app then you might hear yourself on this podcast too. This is what has been happening in my homeschool. We're getting a little more seasonally fun focused. So once a week myself, I am baking, trying out new cookies, trying the new old cookies that I've incorporated over years and years. Like I really like the Martha Stewart lemon bars. And there's a mocha almond shortbread that is to die for. So I let myself bake once a week, just once a week, eat a little bit and stick it in the freezer. Of course, I come back to the freezer and discover it's not there anymore, which is okay because I'm happy to provide some yummy treats for my family and just sample them instead of consume them all myself. As the girls wrap up their finals in college and university, I get to pick one of them up this week, which is going to be super fun. That's when Christmas feels like it really begins in my home. 
my son and I will be investing some time in sharing some books from our library with the local library and other places that are asking for books because uh, we got a lot of books. And we're also going to be sharing some of our baking and some other gifts around the community. I've noticed that though I've asked him a few times if he wants to send a letter to Santa, he's declined. So I guess it's done. All that kind of Christmas magic, not as exciting as it has been when we had little ones. Even Elfie continues to sit in the same place and my son's not really noticing or saying anything. But I guess this is the way it was meant to be. You probably shouldn't be graduating high school and still writing a letter to Santa, right? And for all those moms that have little, little kids that are still writing letters to Santa, the one thing I really didn't like about it, okay, it was super fun. It was a writing opportunity every December, but I always left it too late. I've already bought all the Christmas gifts. Then I asked my kids, would you write a letter to Santa? And without a doubt, they asked for something that... I didn't buy. Right? Can I hear an amen? So maybe there is a benefit to not wanting to write a letter to Santa a whole lot less expensive. As my kids have been growing up and going off to do their own things, I'm so much more aware that my time is getting shorter with my kids, especially my 16-year-old at home. And I am relishing the time that I have with her when she says to me, Hey, Mom, do you have anything you want to wrap for Christmas? Because she likes doing that. And I have four kids, and you know what I mean, because you're doing it too. Having someone help me with the gift wrapping, um, yeah. But also, when she's no longer here, it won't be there anymore. I won't have someone to help me gift wrap. So I am relishing the time that I have with her. I make sure it feels kind of Christmassy. We either turn on some Christmas carols or watch a sappy movie. And then she can also have a couple of lint chocolates. Nothing says Christmas like Lindor. No, this is not product placement. I could only hope it would be. <laughs> ah, how much money I spend on chocolate. From one homeschool mama to another, if you want to do this homeschool thing over the long term, I encourage you to take care of yourself. And I also want to share a practical thing from my homeschool, a little show and tell, what I've been using in my homeschool. And today I'm going to actually share a story that helps to address both of those things, both something that actually helps me take care of myself and a little practical tool for my homeschool, a little show and tell from about eight years ago. This story, this show and tell, comes from a pre-Christmas Eve service. In this season of great expectations, I encourage you to banish the picture-perfect notion of Christmas. Real family stories happen in the thick of Christmas, too. So once upon a time, five minutes before we left for Christmas Eve service, all spiffed up in our best, we pulled the sofa table away from the new custom sofa to grab a family picture before heading out the door. What to my wandering eyes did I behold? All of us beheld it in one communal gasp. Four black permanent marker letters stamped into the backside of that just unpackaged custom sofa. Z 
M Z Z Z. How did that get there? Earlier that afternoon, our son was upset with us. The evidence he was angry was right there in the black squiggles. You know when you go into that place when you're caught between emotions, you are so flustered, so taken aback, so ticked off that you don't know what the best reaction should be. Well, that's where I was at that moment. I wanted to kick and scream, but I knew that kicking and screaming would not right the wrong. And also it felt really weird to feel angry when I was so excited in in that Norman Rockwell daydream of Christmas, daydreaming about sugar plum fairies. My husband put his hands on my shoulders and told me to take a deep breath. Keep it together, he said. We will figure it out when we get back. Most of those squiggles were cleaned up with upholstery cleaner after the Christmas Eve service. But first, I learned to sing Silent Night, Holy Night, All is Calm, All is Bright, with fiery frustration during that service. Not everyone wants to share the same Christmas traditions either. I'm fond of those old black and white Christmas flicks like Holiday Inn, Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Carol. My family is just not into those movies. Why are you watching a movie without color? Or I've heard, can we get the colored version, Mom? Of course, the black and white is part of the charm for me. Christmas traditions with myself because not everybody wants to share the same Christmas traditions, even in the same family. Not everyone even shares the same Christmas spirit, which I'm sure you also know. At the time, we had our neighbors. We had neighbors that were good friends to our kids. They came out to play every time our kids were outside. Max and Stella were their names. So it was fitting that the kids befit their friends with a Christmas gift. They hot-glued gems and sparkles and acorns onto wide bands of red and green ribbons, creating collars for their, you guessed it, canine friends. The kids had a blast and brought them over to the dog owner's home. When Max and Stella's owners came to the door, well, they weren't excited. Though the neighbor obliged the kids in attempting to attach one of the collars to Max, the neighbor abruptly shut the door behind them. The Christmas spirit is not always found everywhere, but we're still going to practice it anyway. Christmas perfection is really only found in a Norman Rockwell picture. Yet wonderful Christmas moments still abound. You know, dreamy, leisurely Christmas days in pajamas and happily occupied kids while enjoying mulled wine and a book with a Charlie Brown Christmas CD playing in the background. Every day, every moment, won't be Christmas snow globe utopia. All of our Christmas hopes and dreams will not come to fruition. We need to banish our picture-perfect Christmas notions and set our intentions to enjoy the not-so-perfect Christmas memories that we can enjoy when we decide that pretty darn good is good enough. And I do hope that you have a lovely Christmas and holidays in your home. So what is your experience with this time of year, the transition into the winter season, after the holidays, when things get slower, 
that slump month, the doldrums. What's your experience? Let's incorporate homeschool huga, 20 easy to adopt practices that we can include in this dull season. Let's go. Tis the season of morning coffee and mid-morning coffee and vitamin D and UV lights, kids late out of bed, or at least teenage kids like I have, candles lit to start the day. Headlamp lit walks to open the chicken coop, giving them fresh water, crunchy ice under my boots, and hand-feeding baby goats poppy and thistle, while trying not to slip on the snowy ice. There's leisurely morning read-alouds with cozy blankets. Oh wait, that's literally every homeschool day. But it seems so much more cozy in this dull season. Let's take a lesson from our neighborhood black bears and hunker down for a little hibernation. I have black bears, sometimes grizzly bears, but mostly black bears wandering through our yard at times. Yeah, I really do. Bears don't really hibernate the way that I thought they did, the way that I was taught as a kid. Definitely was a surprise to me when I learned that as a homeschool parent. But we can learn from the concept of hibernation that sometimes at certain times of the year, we need to switch gears. We need to embrace the cozy season. So how to enjoy the cold, gray, dark season? Homeschool hookah. I think those two words are like synonyms, really. Those two synonyms speak cozy all over. What does hygge even mean? Have you heard that word? It's a Danish word. As defined by Merriam-Webster, it's a quality of coziness that makes a person feel content and comfortable. See what I mean? Homeschool and hygge? Here's my top 20 homeschool Huga practices for my homeschool. You can access this free homeschool Huga checklist at the show notes page on www.capturingthecharmlife.com. The first thing that I put on the list was kitty cats or animals in general, even if it's a hamster or cuddly furry things. They just really help kids focus when they're doing the prescribed study activities like a math workbook page or whatever it is that you do in your homeschool. Little kitties in kids' bedrooms with math is a happy homeschool hygge practice. And on that note, I would say literally any animal that we have encourages us to embrace the hygge because we are nurturing another animal. In my home, there's not a lot of cuddling with chickens, but we presently have 28 of them, or one rooster and 27 chickens. And taking care of animals really does enable the nurturing side of us, and it feels cozy. Don't recommend chickens on your kids' beds. I know there's chicken diapers out there, but yikes. Also, goats. Goats are cute. They want to come inside. My son wants them to come inside. My husband... Definitely not so much. (laughs) We've also got a dog who is lovely and though has a lot of fur, is definitely part of our homeschool hygge because we get to nurture her as well. Okay, the second thing that I have on my list is tea. It's a common homeschool beverage, especially with the movement of poetry tea time or afternoon read-alouds. But in the fall and winter, 
Tea is a must, don't you think? Unless it's morning, then I drink coffee. The third thing I put on the list for homeschool hookah is candles. Lots and lots of candles. The epitome of cozy. Candles always add cozy to dark mornings and morning baskets or morning read-alouds. So light a candle after breakfast and let that be your sign that we are going to start the day. There's also fire in the fireplace. Okay, so I live in the mountains and we have a real fireplace where we put real wood in and we hear a little bit of crackle and we smell a bit of smoke. But even if you don't have a fake fireplace where you can flip a switch, you can also find a fireplace on your iPad or computer. Nothing says cozy like that warming fire. Workbooks and textbooks and pencils and erasers in front of the fireplace. The fifth suggestion is pajamas. Another homeschool hygge practice that we practice all days of the year, right? Does it even need to be said that pajamas scream homeschool hygge? There is a reason that we are always in pajamas and why our homeschooled kids probably have on average, I don't know, seven pairs of pajamas? I really am curious. Do your kids mostly spend time in their pajamas all day and then just get dressed when you have to go out like my family has done over the years? The sixth tip I'd give you is the morning skincare routine. Perhaps you've been doing this for a coon's age. I am shamefully relatively new to the skincare thing. It was just in time for my 45th birthday, so it's been a few years. Good thing I have teenage girls to teach me all about morning skincare routine. There is something just by the mere act of placing warm water or a warm face cloth or just fingers circling your face and intentionally nourishing you that feels cozy. The seventh thing that I would say is um, chocolate, two ounces of dark chocolate after dinner, or a glass of wine with a good book. Can I suggest my book, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer? Hmm, shameless plug. How about number eight, morning cuddles with books and blankies, or afternoon cuddles with books and blankies, or evening books with teddies and books and blankies and cute kids. Okay, so it's a trend. There's a lot of cuddles, a lot of blankies, and a lot of books. And yes, you too, homeschool mama, you can have a blankie too. I do. The ninth tip that I'd give you is neighborhood walks in frosty mornings or golden afternoon sun. Lots of walks. Nature therapy is what you're getting. So afterward, I want to go inside and start that fire and grab a book and a cup of tea and my blankie. Whatever works to take care of you. The tenth tip I would suggest is getting active. For me, that's afternoon cross-country skiing on the canal in winter flurries. There aren't even cut trails. It's really good exercise. I feel energized when I'm outside, even on the dullest, grayest days. I bring my eager puppy, who also loves snow, and living in a picture-perfect moment, breathing in the great outdoors and getting my exercise, it just enables all the endorphins and helps me enjoy each of my days. 
the 11th thing I would suggest is dipping deeper into documentaries. Intentionally including or scheduling in documentaries in the afternoon or once a week, one afternoon. Can I suggest Curiosity Stream? Have you met Curiosity Stream? Super cool documentaries there for kids. Knowledge Network. And for us in Canada, I enjoy documentaries on CBC Canada. Of course, you're probably well exposed to YouTube and to Netflix and to all the other streaming services available. You can find fascinating places to visit when you're watching a documentary. So use this season to go to other places. The twelfth tip I have is hot food, which probably seems intuitive, but think winter season, savory soup, or fast food, crockpot creations. You don't have to go through a drive-thru to get fast food. You could throw things into your crockpot in the morning and find that dinner is a whole lot less complicated by evening. It's also nice and cozy. Fourteenth tip I have for you to cozy up your homeschool atmosphere is to turn on Spotify or some other music streaming device. It warms our sound waves. We build playlists around different times of day for our homeschool. So I've got a classical morning studies. I use movie soundtracks for our afternoon reading, which adds a cool atmosphere to our stories. Or Friday night dance party, including our favorite songs, which is like a real mix because my husband and son actually like listening to Weird Al Yankovic and think that's fun to dance to. Oy. Whereas I prefer something more upbeat, can't say I actually understand what the lyrics are and my kids say it's a good thing because my tendency is to listen to stuff that really isn't, well the best choice, but it's great to dance to. The 15th thing I would suggest to add Huga to your homeschool is a hot tub dip at the end of the day, of course. And because we just got that wood burning hot tub, I'm thinking hot tub. But when I didn't have that hot tub, I used my bathtub and I turned on the lights. I grabbed a nice glass of bubbly something, a book and locked the door. The 16th homeschool Huga tip is practice allowing you and your kids to sleep in. If you haven't done this already, this is a total advantage to homeschooling. I am no longer a master of sleeping in, unless you think 7am is sleeping in. Something to do with midlife hormones, which is totally fine because I really enjoy the mornings now. I was not a morning person for many years, and in my early homeschool years, you actually would see my kids bringing me a coffee in the morning saying, Mom, it's time to wake up. Well, this particular season is a time where if your kids are sleeping in, let them sleep in. Enjoy the natural sleep cycle. This is one of the biggest benefits to homeschooling is your kids are actually rested and ready to start the day when they actually wake up. Coffee is the 17th tip. Okay, coffee belongs to every season, every single morning, in my opinion. Pumpkin spice latte for fall, peppermint chocolate for winter, two cappuccinos for dark days, a single cappuccino with toast and homemade apricot jam for summer, but 
always coffee. Choosing your own schedule is the 18th tip. I think that we as homeschool families can choose our schedule all the time, but sometimes we need to like flip it around a bit. So if we started with math in the morning or if we started with a routine in the morning, we could actually decide to do it in the afternoon instead. Or we could decide to do nothing for a week or we could decide to maybe just read an entire day or watch documentaries on one day but change the schedule. Choosing one subject a week is also an idea for my 19th tip. Instead of focusing on all the things and doing all the things and trying to maintain the same routine you always have, the key is to look for ways to change things up. So maybe you want to focus on one approach, one subject a week, Maybe you're entirely digging deep into a certain historical realm or you're focusing on one science activity or whatever it is you want to do. Just spend the entire week doing it. And the 20th tip I would give you is to delete a subject altogether. Or you could just write it on a slip of paper every subject that you cover or every activity that you cover if you don't do subjects at all. You could throw them into a jar and let the kids pick one out and not do that subject for the week. Definitely homeschool huga for the kids. So bring on the gray days, the dark afternoons and the cool mornings so we can hibernate in our homeschool huga practices. If you'd like to get your homeschool huga checklist, you can access that at my website, capturingthecharmedlife.com, where you'll find all the tips available to you there. So remember, think like a bear, hunker down, and hibernate. You can find all sorts of free resources on my website, capturingthecharmedlife.com. You can download a free Homeschool Mama Daily Affirmations to start your morning right, a grappling with overwhelm checklist, and I think the most important self-care strategy is a checklist to address your big emotions. All the show notes and links to this episode will be found at that website, capturingthecharmedlife.com. Subscribe to this podcast to learn more about how to take care of you while you're taking care of your homeschooled kids. If you can think of another homeschool parent who would be encouraged by these discussions, let them know too. Until next time, I hope you and your kids have a charmed week. Or if you're having one of those weeks, I hope you can reframe your challenges and turn them into your homeschool charms.